Welcome to the PVPC Sermon Podcast. Our scripture lesson for this Lord's Day is taken from Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. Please stand in honor of reading of God's word. Again, he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land, and he was teaching them many things in parables, and his teaching said to them, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. You may be seated. Well, good morning. Uh, My name is Austin. I'm the student director of ministries here at Ponte Vedra Prez, um, and I get to um, preach this morning, which is always a great an honor um, that the church allows me to do. Um, it is Merge Sunday, so if you're new and you don't know what Merge Sunday is, it's when we have some of the youth members come over and kind of do some of the different things, right? Like Emily was gracious enough to do the call to worship, Evan did the scripture reading, and then I get to preach. Um, so it's always great to do it. We do it about I don't know, four times a year. And it's always a special place in my heart because I remember coming to Merge Sunday growing up um, at this church. And it was something that was always, I thought, kind of cool and kind of different. And so it's really great that we get to do this together. Before I begin, though, I want to give you a little update about what's been going on in student ministry. It's a great time to do it because I know if you're like me, you probably don't read the emails or keep up with the Instagram. I'll be honest, I don't read them all sometimes. Um, But anyways, we have started this new partnership. Well, we've been partnered with Young Life for a while, but we've decided to move like a Sunday night gathering here at the church for all high schools, from any high schooler at any school, Sunday nights at six. And whenever you start a new program or you try something different, you get kind of nervous night one, right? I'm I'm here five o'clock, ordering pizza from Domino's, and I'm like, God, I I hope this goes well. I don't know if five kids are going to show up. I don't know if 20 kids are going to show up. I don't know if any kids are going to show up. And I remember sitting there thinking to myself, I'm I'm happy I know at least one or two kids are going to come because they told me they were for sure coming. And all these kids started to just walk up the stairs. 10, 15, 25 kids the first week. And it's kids who I haven't seen in a year. I saw them when they were in middle school. And they're like, hey, our friends invited us to come. And so we're going to, we came. And it was so exciting to see that happen. Then the next week, 35, 40. And I know it's not about numbers. But just like EW said, I think there is something happening. And it's more than just in these four walls, too. There's for sure a lot happening inside these four walls, but there's a lot happening in Ponte Vedra as a whole. And it's really great uh, when I go on campus and I'm in FCA and kids are sitting on the floor 
and people and young people are getting hungrier and hungrier. It has very little to do with what I'm doing. It is God working and moving through me, through you, through volunteers, um, all throughout Ponte Vedra. So <clears throat> student ministry at Ponte Vedra Prez, I'm excited. We have weekend camps coming up in January. They're both full, uh, which is just amazing. And there's just a ton of good things happening. So with that, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to jump right into it. Dear Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for <clears throat> just letting us gather as one group and that we can dive into your word together. Will you just continue to bless what's happening on at Ponte Vedra Press, not just in student ministry, but in every ministry that's going on, that we see you actively working and that we wouldn't boast about it, but we would humbly say, Lord, this is all you're doing. All of this is only because of the work that you have done. So God, thank you for today and just continue to bless us. In your name we pray, amen. I mean, so today we're going to talk um, about Mark chapter 4. We get to continue in our Mark series together. We're not taking a break. We're going to keep, continue to get through it. Um, and today we're going to talk about the parable of the sower. Really important parable. Um, but before we do that, I kind of want to go over really quickly what a parable is in case if you forgot. Or maybe you're like, I don't know what a parable exactly is anyways. Um, but we're going to go through that together. So a lot of times you hear this phrase when we're talking about parables. It's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. You hear that a lot, but it's so much more than that, right? Jesus likes to teach in parables um, to what he says, the people on the outside, people who don't quite get it or understand. But I want you to think about it this way. They reflect the principles in the kingdom of God, um, and they serve as a mirror for our own lives. I want you to think of it that way. I want you to think of a principle of the kingdom of God and we use it as a mirror for our own lives. We get to stand and get to reflect what is the kingdom of God like and where do we stand in that? That's what a parable is. So I'm going to uh, read from chapter four again. Again, he began to teach by the sea and a very large crowd gathered about him. So he got into the boat and sat in on the sea, and the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, listen. Very important. I'm going to stop right there. Listen. The, the way it's used here, it's, it's an imperative, right? I know some of my friends are out here thinking, Austin, you just used a really big word for you. You used imperative? I'm like, I don't know. I learn new words when I study. Um, you can laugh. It's funny. Um, but it is an imperative that's used here. It's not just like, listen, like, hey, I want you to hear this. It's like, listen like, to the depths of your heart. Let it penetrate you, not just noise in your ear, but try to get it down deep inside of you. Listen with as, as much as you can, because this is something that's super, super important. Behold, a sower went out to sow. And he sowed some seed that set fell along. Oh, and he sowed some seed. There we go. So if you're like me, I'm not a first century farmer. Um, I don't think you are either. Uh, but, so, but farming practices back then were very different. Very different from where they were today. And the first thing we need to know is who is the sower, 
right? That's where we need to begin. The sower went out to sow. The sower is God in this story, right? There's people who've debated this for many, many years. Um, But R.C. Sproul makes it very clear from the readings that I've done from him that the sower is God in this story, right? Now, we can apply it in different ways, but in this story, the sower is God. And he's out there, and he's just sowing um, his seed. And if you read this as a whole, right, we see that he's kind of throwing the seed everywhere, right? He's kind of throwing the seed here. He's throwing the seed there. It's falling on rocky. It's falling on the path and the thorns and in good soil. And one thing I always thought about, especially when I read this, I was like, that seems kind of weird, right? Like, don't you think God would try to throw it on good soil, right? If you were a farmer today, you do a lot of work. Like, you prepare your field, you make sure everything's good to go, and you try to put all of your seed in good soil because that's how you produce good crop, right? No farmer today would go out and just throw his uh, seeds anywhere. Just wouldn't do it. But we see here that the sower is throwing his seed um, because before, or back in the first century, they would throw the seed before they would actually prepare the fields. They would throw it, right? And then they would go and till the land right at the beginning of the rainy season. And this is what, this is what struck me when I've read this. Why, why would God throw his word everywhere? Why wouldn't he throw it on good soil? But then I'm always remembered of the sovereignty of God, how God is so sovereign that he can, one, throw his word anywhere he wants to, and he does. He throws it all across the world. Anyone and everybody who you ask about Jesus, they have an opinion. Whether they say, whether they agree with what, who Jesus is or not, right? God is actively sowing his, his word everywhere. Doesn't matter, he's throwing it anywhere, and that is his choice because he is sovereign. So, and if it was left to me, I would probably make a mess of it anyways. But we see him, but we see the sower, right? The first place where he throws it is on the path and the birds devour it. Not a great place to start if you're a farmer, right? The first thing, first place you throw it, the first thing you notice, it's on this rocky ground and it's getting devoured. And it's, the birds come and immediately devour it, yep. So what I take from this, right, is that there are some people in this world who just kind of have already hardened their hearts. They're already like that path that's been trampled down. That even though that the word is getting to them, that it's just, it's not going to stick. The birds will come and get it, and they just have no want or need, it seems like, in, in them. I have friends like this. I have people in my life who I pray for every day. And every time we try and kind of talk about it, as soon as the conversation gets anywhere close about who Jesus is and what he's done, they're like, nope, I'm out. I'm kind of done talking. I don't want any part of this. It's just like that. It's it's like that type of people right there who've already hardened their hearts. The second one uh, we see is that it fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil and it sprung up. But it had no depth to the soil, so it immediately withered away. All right, this is, these are, this was what happens when you have like, I see it all the time when I go to camp. 
when I go to camp with these kids and kids are like, hey, we are on fire at the end of the week and they're rushing down and you have the last night where they talk about the cross and what Jesus can do for your life and they're like, I'm all in, I'm all in. And the next thing you know, like the next day something happens and they're like, man, it's just not really, it just doesn't feel like it did last night. It doesn't have the same weight as the night before. So as soon as something kind of different happens or bad happens, um, they're just like, no, the sun gets to them and just scorches them out. My story is kind of not like that, but it's, this is, I'll tell you this part of it. Me and my buddy Wyatt were in a horrible car accident. Horrible car accident. Should not have walked away. Uh, But I walked away from it thinking, oh my goodness, God has just interceded for me and saved my life. He stepped down and saved me this day. And my friend Wyatt thought the same thing. We come back on Monday to the church, this church, over in the other building, and we tell our youth pastor about it. And that's where I gave my life to Christ. I'm like, there's no denying that he is real now. There's no denying it. Wyatt said the same thing. Within a week later, Wyatt's like, I don't really think it's real. I'm like, we just had the same experience. We just went through the same thing together. It's like, you know, life at home is pretty tough. I just, I just don't think God is real. Right, so two very different outcomes. Right, we went through the same thing together. But as soon as something difficult or hard went into it, came into his life, it was, he was done. The third we get to talk about is <clears throat> the thorns. To me, this is the most dangerous. Like what I think of when I hear this parable, this is the most dangerous to me. So the seed grew, but yet it was choked up and it yielded no grain. This is where you look back, I look back at my life and I'm like, are there times that I was truly a believer? When, when did it become real to me? Because the thorns are representing the outside things of this world. The, the money, the fame, the lust, everything that people go through. Things that you might chase that might not necessarily be bad things when you look at them the right way. But these are the idols of your life that are coming out and choking you and choking your faith out of you. That they're saying, hey, listen, I do think, and I I tell high schoolers this all the time, I think sports and education are super important. 100, 1,000% are important. What they are not more important than is your relationship with God. They are not. I coach football at the high school. It, it is important. Is it more important than your relationship with Jesus? Not even close. But if you let those things choke you out or choke your faith out, you'll never bear any fruit or any grain. Right? You might look like a healthy plant, but you're bearing no grain. That's what's the scariest thing to me is that you can look healthy on the outside, but yet you're really not doing much. You're you're not holding any grain. And the last one we get to talk about is the good soil. 
and how when, thing, when the seed falls on the good soil, man, you have yielded 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. Who here knows what a good return is on, um, on farming back in the first century? Anybody have a guess? It's tenfold. If, if you could get tenfold of back of what you've harvested so you could plant for the next year, you would think that was like, you have done great. You have done exponentially well for yourself. But what God is saying is when the word falls on good hearts, I think I forgot to say this, the soils are different hearts. The areas of, of what's happening here is where, where your heart is. So when the word falls on good, ready hearts, that's when you see this exponential growth that you can't explain to the hundredfold. And what's crazy is you might be saying to yourself, well, I definitely don't want to be like the path. I definitely don't want to be like the rocks. Definitely don't want to be like the thorns and just kind of look healthy. How do I become the good soil? Right? And what stinks, I think, today is so many people think, that it's because they're good people, that they are good soil. And it's not that at all. Just because you think you're a good person does not make you good soil. What makes you good soil is God who is interposing into your heart and is changing you actively every day. Right? I preached about it last time I was up here, but I wanted to remind you of this out of Ephesians. It's for by grace you have been saved, through faith, and not of your own doing, is a gift from God. At no point do we become, like, do we make ourselves the good soil? We can't, right? One, to say that you can make yourself good soil, it's kind of arrogant. I know I've done it before. I've probably boasted in things that I shouldn't have boasted about. But the one thing we see, especially in farming, is that the reason the soil is good is because the sower, sower is tending to the field. He's actively working in the field all the time. He's digging it up. He's getting the rocks out. He's tri- trimming the thorns. He's the one who is working in, in the story. But what's super important for us now, post-cross, is that there are things that we need to do too, Right? And this story is talking about God giving Jesus to everyone in different places and how their hearts respond. But for you to apply it for your life, how are you getting rid of the rocks in your life? How are you pruning the thorns that might be choking out what it takes for you to take another step into faith? Right? Whether it is friendships or relationships with other people, whether Things are happening at your job and you're just like, I'm just kind of nervous to talk about who Jesus is at where I work. Super easy for me to talk about Jesus at work. <laughs> I know, it is. I get to talk about him every day at work. In fact, if I don't, get to, if I don't talk about him at work, I'm probably going to be in trouble. Uh, but I understand how it can be very challenging and difficult to talk about Jesus where you work. But maybe that's the next step in growing your faith. Right? And God does call us to share his word. I'll be honest, and I want to be like God as the sower. I don't want to just think I'm occupying and throwing at good soil. Right? 
because I'm not a farmer, so I really don't know what good soil looks like all the time. But I want to share the word with everyone who I come into contact with. Whether they might be a path or they might be in a rocky spot, it's not my job to judge them. It's my job to spread the, the word to anybody and everybody who I come in contact with. <clears throat> and last, he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. I hope you hear this. And if you're like, Austin, this hasn't made much sense. I'm sorry. Uh, but to me, when I hear this, I'm always reminded of the great opportunity I have to share the word that God has given me and how God continues to make 60, 100 fold of what's happening here at, in Pontevedra. Not just this church, but what's happening in this community as a whole. The things that are happening. And this isn't a mystery, right? It says, says in verse 10, and when, they, when he was alone, those around him with, with the 12 asked him about the parable. And he said to him, to you has been given the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for those on the outside, everything is in parables. All right? He has given us the secret, right? It is not like a secret is like, you'll never figure it out. It is something that was kept, but has now been revealed to us. This parable doesn't make much sense if you don't understand what God has done for us. About how he gave his son, and his son came for not just the Israelites, right? But eventually for the entire world, for the Gentiles. Came for everybody. That, so that is, that is what they're talking about when they're, when they're talking about secrets. It's not that it's a secret kept from you, but it's a secret re- revealed to you. The things in the Bible are not supposed to not make sense. There's a reason God gave you this book because he wants you to understand it. And he thinks you for sure can understand it. 100%. So this week when you're going out and and you're talking to people and you're thinking, man, is this the time for me to sow in the word to this conversation? Step out into faith and just try it. See what could happen. Don't worry about, man, is it going to be a waste of my time or is it not? I promise you, it's never a waste of your time to talk about Jesus. It will never be a waste of your time to talk about who Jesus is and what he's done in your life. So don't be scared or nervous about it. Because if we know one thing about our God is that he uses everything for good. Every conversation you have with somebody about your faith will yield something eventually. I don't know what it looks like. It's a great message for me, something that I needed to work through, right? When you're trying to figure out how do you go talk to 1,100 high schoolers at Pontevedra High School and then, I don't know, probably another 1,100 middle schoolers at Landrum. And you can get so caught up and like, okay, I need to, I really need to reach this person or that person or this little group when there is people there who I'm just like, I just need to talk to everybody about Jesus. I can't be picky. So this week, as you're going through, I want you to think about what you could do 
to be like the good sower. But what does it look like to give the word to anybody and everybody you come in contact with and then let God work and plow because that is his job. So I'm going to pray and then uh, we'll sing. Dear Lord, thank you for the today. Thank you for letting us come together and just worship your name. As we uh, go out today, just let us know that you are the good sower and that your word will reach everywhere, no matter what. That there is no stopping the good news of the gospel. And God, thank you for this morning that we can come together and worship your name. And just let us continue um, to grow our faith in what you have said. So Lord, thank you and bless us and keep us. In your name we pray, amen. Pontevedra Presbyterian Church is a community of believers united by an ocean of grace. If you have enjoyed listening to this podcast, please visit pvpc.com for more information. We would love to have you join us on Sunday.